It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast here on a Wednesday. Happy hump day to you. The Reds have won two in a row. It feels pretty good. We're going to talk about that game. I also have some thoughts about our friend, Jose Peraza. Going to get to all that in just a moment. Make sure, though, that you are subscribed to this podcast on all the major podcasting platforms with which you are listening to right now. If you have not done so, hit that subscribe button. Also, check us out on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and at LockedOnReds. Also, save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone. Give us a call. Give us a text at 513-549-0159. Tuesday night, the Reds have Luis Castillo on the mound. And Luis Castillo, while he had 11 strikeouts, and that is a phenomenal number, he did give up five runs. And he's had a little bit of a rough patch here lately, giving up multiple runs in three of the last four games. In fact, this is the first game this season, as the Reds did come away with the win, 8-5. to five. This is the first game this season that Luis Castillo has given up five or more runs that the Reds have won. And that just kind of speaks to the fact that they're playing the Marlins. The Marlins are basically a quadruple-A team, They have the worst record in the major leagues right now. But with that being said, great performance by the lineup. You had a couple of multi-hit games there. Nothing lost on the fact that Nick Senzel for two nights in a row has had multi-hit games. It's funny because we were talking about how we were kind of worried about him. I think he's starting to take to that new batting stance and the new swing that they've been working on here lately. He hits a home run in this contest, and he gets three RBIs as well as two runs scored. That is just the second multi-run scoring game of this month, something that he's done quite a bit in months past this season. It just kind of speaks to the struggles that he's been through here lately. But even though we use that wonderful struggle word when it comes to Nick Senzel, his season batting average still sets at 267. And I know he's not setting the world on fire with that, but hey, pretty solid numbers for him overall. I still expect great things. I'm not lost any sort of expectations when it comes to what Nick Senzel can bring to the table. And taking a look also, A. Eugenio Suarez with another home run. He's got a home run in three straight games. Going to look to make it four on Wednesday night against Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins. So we will keep an eye on that. But overall, 
a good night offensively for the Reds. Obviously, any night you score eight runs is a good night. But even when you've got Luis Castillo getting in on the action, he didn't have his best night on the mound, as I mentioned earlier, but he did have a multi-hit game. He even scored a run in this one. You had Jose Iglesias, Kirk Casale, Suarez, and Senzel, all with multi-hit games. In fact, Kirk Casale hit a home run. It was his seventh of the season. So you've got Suarez, Senzel, and Kirk Casale all getting dingers on Tuesday night. Just a good night at the play for the Reds. And it was a night in which Joey Votto returned to the lineup. Joey Votto's been out for the better part of the last two weeks with some back issues. And I don't know if you saw in an article on MLB.com, he had some comments about that injury. He said that it's not wear and tear. It's not like a chronic thing. It's something that flared up in one of his you know, last swings in the last game that he played. He said it was the second to last swing that he had in the last game that he played in. Kind of tweaked his back a little bit. He said it's something that happens during the offseason. It's happened a couple of times to him, and he just takes it easy for a couple of days, then rehabs it, and then he's fine. He did go 0 for 5 with two strikeouts on Tuesday night, but it was good to see him in the lineup. And, and I wonder, we've got to this point in Joey Votto's career, we've, we've been talking about him all season in the light of where did Joey Votto go? Where did the old Joey Votto that we know, Joseph Daniel Votto, does he exist? And there's been flashes. There's been flare-ups that he's had in which you're like, okay, he's back. And then there's been these long stretches where you're like, man, where'd he go? And, And this whole DL stint, you had a lot of... Different guys playing first base, mostly Josh Van Meter got a lot of first base playing time. You had some from Derek Dietrich after he came off the disabled list, and Tucker Barnhart played a little bit of first base as well. I think this is something we're going to see moving forward. The Reds have him under contract for the next four years. It's not as if Joey Votto is just going to cease to be the Reds' first baseman come next season. But that's a topic that can be fleshed out uh, many, many times in future podcasts. Real quick, we're going to take a break right here. Out of the break, I want to talk to you about our good friend Jose Peraza and some thoughts I've got on him. With the NFL season forthcoming, there are locked-on podcasts for all of your favorite NFL teams. Name it, there's a locked-on podcast for it. And every Wednesday is Crossover Wednesday on the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. The NFL season begins next week, which means that Crossover Wednesday will be back. For the entire regular season, you will get a special episode each and every Wednesday as the hosts from opposing sides meet up. If you love Locked On Bengals like I do, Joe and Jake do an awesome job covering the local NFL franchise. That means you're going to get a Wednesday episode in which they might talk with the hosts of the Locked On Browns podcast or, dare I say it, 
the Locked On Steelers podcast. That's right. Each and every Wednesday, there'll be a crossover Wednesday. Definitely want to check that out. Locked On NFL crossover Wednesday. Today's episode is also brought to you by Blue Chew. By now, you've heard me talk about Blue Chew a couple of times. If you are looking for a performance boost in the bedroom, go to bluechew.com and enter promo code MLB. You'll get your first order for free. You just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is a revolutionary chewable with the same active ingredient as Cialis or Viagra. And it works fast because it's a chewable. Your partner will thank you. If you go to bluechew.com and enter promo code MLB. And since you're going to bluechew.com, you don't have to have that awkward in doc, you know, in-office doctor's visit. You don't have to go to a pharmacy and have some cashier stare you down because you're buying some kind of pill that's going to help you with sex. No, go to bluechew.com and you place your order right there. Very nice and discreet like. And if you enter the promo code MLB, you'll get your first order for free. Just pay $5 shipping. That's promo code MLB. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Reds podcast. You're listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast on this hump day. Thank you so much. For doing so, this is your only daily podcast for the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are coming off of back-to-back wins. Tonight, they've got Anthony DeSclafani towing the rubber against the Marlins. And I mentioned in the first half that Sandy Alcantara will be pitching for the Finns. This is the second night in a row that a Reds starter will be facing their former employer in the Marlins. Luis Castillo obviously was a former farmhand from Miami, and Di Sclafani was a Marlin before he was a Red as well. So we'll see if the Reds can win three in a row, technically six in a row, for the entire season against Miami. As I mentioned in the first part, Joey Votto came off the injured list yesterday, and a corresponding move had to be made, which meant that somebody was getting sent down. And that somebody was Jose Peraza. Let's take a look at Jose Peraza's journey for just a minute. At the beginning of this season, he was pretty much tabbed. I mean, it wasn't as if there was some kind of coronation or something in a press conference, but it was pretty much tabbed as the starting shortstop for opening day. And then later on in the preseason, Scooter Jeanette gets hurt. And they... Determine he's going to miss a lot of time. So they move Scoot, They move Peraza over to second base, and they install Jose Iglesias as the starting shortstop. Then Peraza doesn't get off to the best start. In fact, he gets off to a pretty terrible start. As the second baseman, he doesn't hit the broadside of a barn very well, and they put Derek Dietrich into second base. And Jose Peraza almost becomes an afterthought. And so he's clawing, he's fighting, he's playing as a utility player, he's getting at bats, playing out in left field, he's playing in the outfield, playing in wherever he can get playing time at. And he's doing everything that he can, and he's still batting in the 230s. 
And then the day comes where he gets sent down to AAA, that day being yesterday. The first time that he will be sent to the minor league since 2016. I, I think, and I never like to predict the demise of somebody, predict the when someone will no longer have a job, at least not with the Reds anyway. I think he still has a shot at making the major leagues on another club, but I think we've seen the end of Jose Peraza as a regular player for the Cincinnati Reds. Now I know he's going to get called back up here in September. He's not eligible to be called up again until September 6th, so it won't be this Sunday whenever rosters expand initially but it'll probably be sometime next week that he gets brought back up. That being said, he is a absolute, I I wouldn't call him a lock, but he is a very, very high percentage of being non-tendered next year. He's due for arbitration. He's due for a raise. It's, It's not all based on what has just happened this season. They're going to look at his body of work for the last, you know, couple of years, and they're going to determine that he's going to get a raise. And he might fall victim to the Billy Hamilton plan. You may remember back in December, the Reds got rid of Billy Hamilton because they didn't feel as though they needed to pay a guy to get on base 28% of the time. And they were going to have to pay him a decent sum. Jose Peraza is kind of in that same category. He's not a very patient hitter. He's a very free-swinging striking out, you know, maybe he's going to get a lot of hits, but he doesn't have plate discipline like you want to see nowadays. I mean, like it or not, and I know some of you hate this idea, but like it or not, analytics is woven into the everyday fabric of today's major leagues. And analytics say that you got to be discerning when you're at the plate. You can't swing at every pitch that is plateward. And sometimes it feels like Peraza does that. And in this day and age, you can maybe afford one of those guys in the lineup. But if you have multiple guys in your lineup that the other team is well aware, their, their strike zone is completely expanded. They're going to exploit that. And that is what has happened to Jose Peraza this season. That's why he's batting with a terrible batting average. Something that you're not going to see on a playoff team. Unless he is the only guy. And that is not the case this season. There's a bunch of guys like that on the Reds team this year. And I know batting average isn't the best example as to the value of a hitter. We, that's something that is widely debated every single day whenever you talk about baseball. But at the same time, it is a part of the information on Jose Peraza. He currently has a negative wins above replacement, which means that any old replacement level major league player is actually better than Jose Peraza. His OPS plus is 61 Now, OPS Plus is a slave to sample size. This is something that I have found out. But his sample size is 312 at-bats. 
in 312 at-bats, he is almost 40%, 40% worse than the Major League average. Now, I've been a big fan of Jose Peraza since he's gotten here from the Dodgers as anyone. I thought he's had the talent to be the Reds' next shortstop. I don't anymore. And I know that sounds harsh, and I know it kind of sucks to be talking about this on a day after the Reds win, but it's just its kind of the prevailing thought in my mind that we've seen the last bit of Jose Peraza, especially when the Reds went out and got Freddie Galvis. They made it known that shortstop is a gaping hole, and we all as fans know that. But when the front office makes a statement like claiming Galvis off of waivers, with the very, I mean, they mentioned that he's going to play second base a lot the rest of the season. This is not a move that they make if they think he's going to be the second baseman next year. Now, it's not a terrible idea. I don't think it's a playoff idea. I think they look at him as the possible answer for shortstop in 2020. Which means that there's a pecking order of guys that the Reds believe can be the everyday shortstop. And Jose Peraz is so far down that list that they went out and they claimed a guy off of waivers that they now believe is above him. Jose Peraza has had a nice little time as a Red. I believe it's coming to an end, though. I welcome your thoughts on that. Joey Votto, anything you've got. Locked on Reds line number is 513-549-0159. What do you think? I mean, maybe I'm completely off base with this. Maybe I'm just gotten way too in my own head thinking about Peraza, and maybe he is the shortstop of the future. I just don't think so. See if you can convince me otherwise. Anyway, we're going to do a quick poll question of the day, and that'll be it for the Wednesday podcast. Is the moment you've all been waiting for the Locked On Reds Twitter poll of the day. Talking about Jose Peraza, that's going to feed into today's poll question. Who do you want to be the Reds shortstop in 2020 for the playoff run? Do you want it to be Freddie Galvis, Jose Iglesias, Jose Peraza, or Mr. Outside Hire? The Twitter poll is going to be up. Make sure you vote on that. Yesterday's Twitter poll for the most trusted reliever out of the Reds' bullpen, Amir Garrett runs away with 67% of the vote. Michael Lorenzen comes in second at 23%. And then you got Rice Iglesias at 6% and Robert Stevenson at 4%. And, And I agree with the poll. I'm a big Amir Garrett fan. Count on AG. Today's poll. Who do you want to be the red shortstop in 2020 for the playoff run? Jose Iglesias, Jose Peraza, Freddie Galvis, or Mr. Outside Hire? Cast your vote. We'll take a look at it tomorrow. That'll do it for us here on the Locked on Reds podcast for this Wednesday. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the major podcasting providers. Also, hit us up on Twitter at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three F's. And keep that Locked On Reds line number handy 513 549 0159. Give us a call for questions, concerns, comments, whatever you got. Like I mentioned, what do you think? Is Jose Peraza not going to be a Red next season? 
Am I completely off base with that thought? What do you think about Joey Votto? He's been a guy who has been on the minds of Reds fans all season long. Let me know. 513-549-0159. For the Locked On Reds podcast, my name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 